Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good evening, I'm Chua Tian Tian with your Market View. Now, today we want to take a look at real estate investment trusts or REITs. And in particular, we are going to zoom in on Singapore listed real estate investment trusts or SREITs, as most of them are scheduled to announce their latest quarterly results for the period ended in June over the next couple of weeks. And joining me in this conversation, we have with us uh, Siok Chin, Director, Head of Southeast Asia Research, Wealth Management at Credit. Sokjin, thank you very much for joining us on the line. Let Maybe let's start with some of those questions. Apart from Maple Tree, North Asia, Commercial Trust and Sabana REIT, other S-REITs have painted a glowing picture. So what does it mean for the outlook for REITs going forward? Well, I think there are three key takeaways mm-hmm. from the latest earnings updates from the REIT. Firstly, it's been a good quarter with distribution mm. per unit growth driven by improving occupancies, positive rent reversions and contributions from new acquisitions. Number two, there are still growth Mm. opportunities from asset enhancement and portfolio recycling, but acquisitions can be challenging due to higher cap rates and higher borrowing costs. And number three, watch the headwinds from higher operating and interest expenses. So by and large, I think the REITs that are going to do well going forward will be the ones that can execute better on cost Mm. mitigation, on capital management and on tenant retention. Mm. And Sokjin, for the moment, for now though, the market narrative couldn't be more positive with the reopening of borders bolstering the retail and hospitality sector. But we are also seeing a spike in COVID-19 cases driven by the BA4 and BA5 variants. To what extent will that weigh on growth for the second half of this year? My view Mm. is that most governments recognise by now that a hard Mm. lockdown is a very blunt tool and a measure of last resort to fight against the virus, given the brutal economic and social impact. Although the new sub-variant of COVID-19 are more transmissible. They have clearly not been associated with higher hospitalisation or death rates. So I think it's unlikely that reopenings will be rolled back. In Singapore especially, the focus has been on hospitalisation, capacity and vaccination rate. And here we are well covered. And when you look at the resumption of the F1 from September this mm. year for another seven years, I think it's quite clear that the political will is here to drive forward the reopening of the economy. So to that end, I think reopening will continue to be a key driver of DPU growth for REITs this year. Hmm. That being said, with people maybe in home isolation, with maybe how would that variant sort of affect tourism, affect footfall at our malls though? Well, I think uh, from the results, I think hmm. clearly, you know, the footfall has, has been coming back. Hmm. But even more important for the retail malls um, is the tenant sales. And while footfalls have have not recovered back to hmm. pre-COVID levels yet. Tenant sales for some of the malls here, especially the well-located suburban ones, have already exceeded pre-COVID levels. So I think it's actually very encouraging you know, in terms of the pickup in a consumer sentiment. Mm. And Sokjin, you might have mentioned it earlier, but as we are speaking, US Federal Reserve officials are meeting to discuss their next monetary policy move, markets widely expecting them to raise interest rates by another 75 BPS. How would that affect the S-REIT debt profile and also their distribution per unit going forward? Right, we are seeing REITs actively managing mm. the capital to ride through this rate hike cycle. REITs are lengthening the hedge tenor of their borrowings, they are increasing the hedge ratio, meaning that they are increasing the proportion of fixed rate loans as a percent of the total loans and all these measures will help to reduce interest rate vulnerability but they also contribute to an increase in financing costs for the REIT. From a low 2 percentage point level, that cost in general has gone up by 10 to 20 basis point quarter and quarter in the last uh, quarter for the REIT and every
every 50 basis point increase in interest costs can be expected to have an impact of about 0.8-0.9% on distribution per unit for the REIT. So I think we're going to see a negative DPU impact of mm. about of about mm. 5%, mm. assuming a 250 to 300 basis point increase uh, in this cycle. Mm. And earlier in quarter one, a number of REITs have already raised that funding to lock in a lower cost of borrowing ahead of rising rates, uh, which lifted gearing to about 38%. But, uh, so I think the ratio is going to be quite stable from here. Hmm. And moving forward, to what extent or how far do you think as REITs or companies which have REITs, how far do you think they will go in terms of shielding themselves from the interest rate hikes or hedging against those risks? So like I've mentioned, hmm. you know, basically they are already taking steps to hmm. uh, manage the capital in order to counter the effects of the interest rate hike, you know, like they're, they're lengthening the hedge tenor. Uh, the increasing the hedge ratio. So all these are very active uh, capital management mm. measures to help them to, to, you know, to shield against a rising rate. Mm. If you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to Kam Seok Ching, Director and Head of Southeast Asia Research Wealth Management at Credit Suisse at Sokchin. What other headwinds do SREIT face in both the short and longer term? Rising utility costs being one of them, I understand? Yes, a very topical mm. issue. REITs are responsible for the electricity costs for the common areas of their properties. The impact on distribution per unit from high mm. utilities costs could be up to 4 or 5%. Mm. But I think it's hard to generalize across the sector because the impact will actually depend on several factors. You know, for one, the proportion of fixed price electricity contracts that are expiring this year and also on the type of leases signed with tenants. Mm. For example, for triple net industrial leases, mm. the tenants will bear all the operating costs, including electricity. Mm. The impact also depends on whether the REITs can pass through higher service charges to the tenants. So generally, we can say that REITs with more fixed price electricity contracts expiring in the near term mm. and those that are unable to pass through higher service charges will face more operational cost pressure this year. Mm. And apart from those rising utility costs, what is the one biggest headwind you foresee for S-REITs going forward? I think for now, it's still interest rates. Mm. And for that, I, I think that generally, unless borrowing costs increase were to exceed 250 to 300 basis mm. points, I think the market has more or less you know, already factored in the direct mm. impact of higher short-term rates. Mm-hmm. Looking in totality, all the headwinds, the opportunities and also the earnings and DPU, how attractive are S-REITs as a form of investment right now? Over the next few quarters, the DPU growth upside for mm. REITs from reopening, from improved occupancies and positive rent mm. reversions will be diluted somewhat as we have mm. talked about, you know, higher borrowing costs and higher electricity costs. Re-rating from current levels will also be elusive without a step down in long-term bond yields, mm. given that the current yield spread of 2.8% over the 10-year Singapore government bond is actually way below the historical average spread of 3.7%. Mm. But having said that, I expect SVs to be quite defensive and even outperform the broad market, mm. especially in Q3, the current quarter, which is seasonally a tough quarter for the market. I see that the REIT's sing dollar dividends, mm. their real estate exposure and also their long-term leases, uh, many of which comes with embedded rent escalation, they will provide the cash flow resilience and an inflation hedge for investors. Mm. And I do understand, Seokjin, some investors, they are taking a more defensive approach, shifting back to industrial REITs with income resilience a priority. So what's your, th- what's your take on that? Well, I totally agree that mm. resilience is 
is the way to go. The rise in e-commerce and digitalization is driving structural demand for data centers and also for high-tech industrial and logistics space. Mm. Most of the major industrial REITs are also well diversified geographically and across different sub-segments like data centers, logistics and business parks. Mm. And that diversification alone provides a high degree of resilience. Also not to mention... The industrial leases often have inbuilt rental escalation clauses, mm. their inflation link, and that, again, provide another level of buffer against rising prices. Mm. Industrial rates have lagged this year in terms of you know, the stock price performance mm. as they did not benefit from the reopening trade. So mm. I think a catch-up is overdue. Mm, I see. Given that a catch-up is overdue, what are some of your top picks at the moment and why, Sokjin? So we, industrial and retail REITs basically are my preferred REIT mm. sectors for their yield buffers and more conservative balance sheets. We've talked about the income resilience of industrial REITs with their diversification and inflation hatch feature of the rents. There are opportunities here with select industrial REITs trading at wide spreads to other REITs with yields at high 5% level. Mm. I also favour retail REITs, especially those with suburban mall exposure. Mm. Suburban retail assets have proven to be stable and defensive through the economic cycle and also through the pandemic in the last two years. The negative rent reversion, as we have seen, has been shallow on the way down and the rebound has been earlier and faster. Mm. Suburban retail malls, as you know, again, we have uh, discussed, they're already seeing tenant sales exceeding pre-COVID-19 mm. levels. And I do expect suburban retail portfolios to hold up better too into an economic mm. slowdown in 2023, given the higher exposure to non-discretionary spending. Mm. Certainly. Thank you very much for sharing some of these insights. And that was Kam Seok Chin, Director and Head of Southeast Asia Research Wealth Management at Credit Suisse. Before acting on the information on Money FM. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.